So, uh, one of my favorite things about, as I've been playing TTRPGs for this long, uh, going on 20 plus years, um, is I love trying out different systems. So, I want to know what kind of systems that you guys uh, like playing besides uh, Pathfinder or even, you know, even like D20 systems. Um, and I'll tell you, one of my favorite systems out there that I've only played I've only played a few times. I was a player in one, and then I was running one. Um, and the World of Darkness system, or, or Scion, um, yeah, they have a system uh, where you roll... Uh, it's a D10 system. And what's cool is that, like, if you are... If you're, like... Uh, so, Scion is where you're literally the, ch- the child of a deity. And then you have to... Uh, you know, the, the, your parents... You have, a, like, a, a relationship with your parent. Your parent could be fucking Thor. Mine was. Um and it's very very cool it's a it's a neat system a lot of people have issues with it but it's more of a storytelling system but what's cool about it is that like if you're like i want to i want to jump across the the hudson bay or something like that um if you're like a strength-based character you have to do like strength and athletics or something like that you have to combine two skills and then you roll that many d10s and then depending on the number of successes will uh should meet or exceed what, what the what the cost was um what I like about it, though, is that it encourages creativity in that if you do something cool, the game master or whatever the uh, – I forget what the game master was called in the system. But the storyteller will say, hey, you know what? That was really badass. Add two more dice. So then you can be like, all right, I want to do this, and I want to make sure that I do this with it. Um, and so you're, and so the, the game master will, will, will just be like, oh, that's badass. Add three extra die. And so it gives you more chances to get successes. Um and I really like that system, and I wish that there was more of that kind of thing. Like, the the most that's in, like, D20 systems is just, like, hey, rule of cool, that was really neat. You know, you get advantage, like, that's how they do yeah. it in 5e. Um, but, yeah, so what, what other systems are out there that, 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 you, that you enjoy that you think can be incorporated into different things? So one thing I want to kind of trail back to before I talk about one of, one of my favorite systems, aside from D20, is um, just how you were saying, like, oh, it, you know, it encourages the players to, like, say something, you know, come yeah. up with something cool. Yeah. And I think that's really important um, when it comes to systems in general, is incentivizing collaborative storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are some systems that don't do that as much and like okay. you know there's a flavor for everything yeah. so if that's the kind of system you want to play that's awesome yeah. but i do think that that is really cool that they do that because you know having the chance to just tack on a couple of dice like that's awesome yeah. like you know just go bonkers with yeah. it i mean you like you said you're like you know the the children of gods basically yeah. so like <laughs> you can do some pretty crazy stuff yeah yeah um so to kind of flip that on his head going from like the child of gods um the system i haven't played it personally but i really badly want to play it is it's kind of the opposite theme you're literally just humans and you're trying to survive uh supernatural horrors it's like it's okay like, you think oh what is this call of cthulhu that, that's literally what i was thinking it's yeah not called, what's this call of cthulhu it's not called cthulhu <laughs> it's not a d100 system it's a jenga based system oh is it um dread dread yeah dread. okay yeah <laughs> is it also called house on the hill or something like that maybe i i've heard it that but i remember the jenga based system and the I, fuck is a jenga based system i hated it so much so what it means you is- high <laughs> <laughs> what no, if we put jenga into a role-playing board game <laughs> so you don't need any dice 
But okay. what you do need is a standard Jenga set. Preferably the wood ones. You don't want to get the plastic ones. A piece of stick. You don't want that cast acrylic once again unless you like sand it down. Not as good. You want that The classic... meta is solid untreated wood. <laughs> there's a, there's a wood, wood Jenga set superiority uh, here at the table, I guess. Untreated wood, but like make sure you don't get the sappy kind because then it'll also stick. Well, that, that would be a soft wood. That would be a like a pine and that's just... You're, you're inting at that point. Yeah, well, you use an oak. I mean... Probably something like a red oak, American yeah, red oak. Yeah. <laughs> if you really want to go crazy, you can use ebony. There you go. <laughs> oh my gosh, an ebony Jenga That Jenga set? tower is worth probably about $5,000. That's expensive. <laughs> we can never play this Jenga set. <laughs> you want to smell nice, you get cedar. Yeah. Ooh, or yeah. purple heart. There you go. Ooh. All right, so what, what do we do with this Jenga set? So what do you do with your purple heart Jenga set? Yeah, what do, do I do? What do I do with my ebony wood Jenga set? After I so took it alone. The, the storyteller, I can't remember, they have a fancy name too. Um, it's... It's really just you can have any number of, ca- of players. Like, you could just have, like, 20 people. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. And the premise is Sound, you are like hell, mortal, mortal beings trying to navigate what's, what is seemingly a regular circumstance, and then it gets supernatural real fast, real quick. Okay. All right. And for every skill check resolution, okay. you do a, what's called a pull. You just take a, take a block and put it on top, just like playing regular old Jenga. If a certain skill check is particularly hard for your character, yeah. his character creation is actually based on a questionnaire. So you just, uh, it's like okay. a, kind of like a Mad Libs, you know, you come up with random stuff, yeah. put together a character that way. Um, so let's say, let's say your character is like a, I don't know, a business major in college. And okay. they just played Dungeons and Dragons during their high school club. <laughs> but what, what a fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> um, they wouldn't be, you know, if someone like, you you broke your leg hiking, like you wouldn't be good at making a tourniquet so like okay, okay. The, the the storyteller might be like oh do three pulls because you've never done this before but oh, you saw it okay. you, you heard about it you know what i mean you, right you right saw this on tv once so three pulls but if it was someone like oh yeah i'm a med student oh yeah yeah or like yeah. i'm a doctor yeah or that's my profession and i just was, <laughs> I, i'm literally an emt yeah yeah, yeah. be like oh that's just one pull yeah okay. super easy for you gotcha um and as the story progresses, uh, the idea is that there are more pulls required. And you might be saying to yourself, well, the point of Jenga is eventually the tower falls. Exactly. Okay. And when whoever causes the tower to fall, yeah. their character is now marked for death. Uh-huh. It could be that the resolution of the skill involves some comedic death. Okay. Or... You just die mysteriously. Or oh. maybe not so mysteriously mm-hmm. as the narrative unfolds. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Cool. So it could be... Oh, you failed to make the tourniquet. Or not you failed to make the tourniquet. You made the tourniquet, but like there's just you have this weird ominous feeling that you're being watched. And then like, you know, you carry on and then you're like and then from that point onward, there's no more Jenga pulling for that particular moment until you die. Wow. And then when you die, you reset the Jenga uh, tower. Okay. And you do a certain number of pulls for every character that's dead, I think based on how many players are playing, and then gameplay picks back up. But your character is dead. Yeah. See, I, I could never run that game because any time somebody would die, like no matter where they are, and a giant tower falls on you. you <laughs> we were in the fucking woods. That doesn't matter. It just appears uh, out of nowhere. You didn't see that tower. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see, I, re- I remember that because I played that probably about like 10 years ago. Wait, actually. really? It's that old? I mean, we. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, no, was it 10? I don't know. It's 10 years then. ago. What, what's today's date? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah, like, but I remember playing that. I remember the comedic moments of, like, if you 
power falls and you die or something. Yeah. Like, I think one of it was, like, they found a dull knife or something like that. Some, someone was trying to sharpen it, and it was something they'd never done before. Mm. So they made the tower fall, and so the knife, when they were sharpening, they fell on it and just <laughs> killed themselves. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh and it was gosh. just something, like, something really stupid <laughs> like yeah, that. Yeah. You were like... Well, shit. All right. <laughs> yeah, I just like the freedom that the you know the the storyteller decides how stupid they mm. want the death to be, which is well, great. I, I remember when we played too. It wasn't like perm like you die immediately. Sometimes they would so like, eh, you wouldn't die for that. You get disadvantage. Like you have to pull mm. another one. Like oh. like so they made it even more difficult until wow. something super like really. I mean, as you said, supernatural shit just pops in. And you're uh -huh. like, oh no, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I'm now in uh, cabin in the woods. <laughs> This yeah, is about right. Yeah. The, the system I was going to talk about, just to get mine in here real quick, is I would love to play more Cyberpunk. Ooh, yeah. It is such a good, a good system. Yeah. That's a fun one. Yeah. The, I, that, that was, that was going to be the one that I talked about, but I do love the Cyberpunk system. It's so yeah. simple. Mm -hmm. And the setting, the setting itself is just why you yep. play it, but yep. no, it's, it's a very good system. Oh, yeah. D tens for skills, and then just a shit ton of D sixes for damage. It's, yeah, I, I played. So easy. I played the Nomad, which means I got a car for free, and it was basically impossible for me to fail any driving check. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, here's a chase. I win this. Yeah, <laughs> are they Nomads? <laughs> no. Okay, well I fucking win. <laughs> Is it a Delamain? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I actually like going what Tim said before. Almost that uh, the supernatural thing. I do prefer. I do like uh, Call of Cthulhu, mm -hmm. but all, ultimately from Call of Cthulhu. I played maybe one or two things of Delta Green. Okay. Because yeah. I kind of like the setting a little bit more in that. Like, as much as I like the old, like, this takes place in the 30s or something. Yeah. You're very yeah. bare basic. There's no cell phones. Yeah. Delta Green kind of extends it a lot further. So conspiracies and stuff are coming in and all oh, yeah. over the place. Oh, yeah. And government things. Like, you get to deal with, like, like Majestic 12, yeah. like, getting involved, and but they're not, like, oh, like, a bunch of nerds, like, <laughs> think they find UFOs. There's, like, actually real shit yep. going on. Yeah. And uh, combat in that is very dangerous yes. like mm -hmm. a yeah. single grenade can wipe out your entire team oh, yeah it's man. like oh, that in, yeah. it's like that in cyberpunk too yeah yes. like it, like because i know like in delta green like there's a couple weapons like a shotgun like if you're close enough it turns from like 3d6 to like deadly like yeah. if and if they fail their constitution they're dead immediately yeah, oh, i remember geez. looking through the i don't it wasn't a book i think somebody sent me a met like a pdf about it and they have rocket launchers and they don't even bother listing damage <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's like rocket launchers you're if you, dead if you if you hit the, nothing's on the end of that yeah. <laughs> nothing yeah. is left and the worst part is too like and the health system and that kind of makes i would say a little bit more sense it's like you don't die like you have like a limited amount of health because yeah. you're a human yeah you're, you take damage yeah but if <laughs> you get, but if you get to two points of hp you go unconscious unless you make a saving throw like mm. to stay conscious it's yeah. like if you get hit you're just like oh my god like i'm near death yeah which makes sense but <laughs> like if you hit zero you're dead that that you don't come back there's yep. no saving throws anymore yep. you're, you're just gone <laughs> our cast resurrection yeah <laughs> yeah the, and the funny thing is there is a bunch of different elements to that like there's rituals you can start doing but they all come with a cost oh my god like so like if you have a long going campaign with the same character like they will become damaged like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I remember reading in like the, the I love the sanity systems in games like that, where it's just like the if you 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 suffer trauma. Yeah, <laughs> you oh, suffer yeah, trauma. It will weigh on you. Uh, I I remember the my favorite line of the cyberpunk one is um, 
uh, that cyber psychosis is the thing yeah. in cyber in cyberpunk, and it's just like the more cyber the more cyber things that you install in your body will will lower will, will lower like your humanity score and blah blah blah. And I love the fact that it says that uh, you start to display all of these like symptoms of cyber psychosis when you get to a certain point. It says hand your, hand your character seat to your GM. Mm-hmm. It is now played by him. It is now played by by the GM. Yeah, and it's just like oh yeah. Call of Cthulhu <laughs> and Delta Green do the same thing. If yes. your insanity goes to zero, they're like GM controls now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you you were no you no longer under control. Yeah. Uh, Kel, what you got? Um, I really like Hope Finder, the Jason Bowman's uh, second edition hack, which is a classless, meaning no classes. Uh, class. class. <laughs> you got no class, Kel. As you're sipping it's wine, built off of Pathfinder second edition, but you don't choose a class. Uh, it only your characters only go up to level five, uh, and you're more. You're all humans. You it takes place. His setting takes place in Seattle, and it takes place in a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> um, so it's really cool. It, it, like I said, it's based off the second edition uh, bones, but it's got a lot of extra stuff in it, like all, like your items and equipment decay naturally. So there's like a ding, like a dings and dents uh, system. So oh, like at yeah. the end of every combat, you roll, uh, or ev- actually not even combat. I think it's like any challenging encounter you roll to see how much of your equipment becomes gains a dig <laughs> oh my god and once it gets to a broken va- value uh it, you know it breaks or it becomes unusable uh there's no money it's all barter system well that, so you like you, know you barter for yeah. like items and like raw materials uh, um, slips of paper that's worth nothing <laughs> yeah. yeah and it, it's really cool uh it has it has firearms in it which are really fun and they're really deadly i think he did a really good job there were like a couple of things that i added to them to make guns uh a little more accurate mm. um but it's really really cool it uh it, it's specific it's very role play heavy so like in order to get in order to gain like your classes are replaced with something called like roles and it's like it's not they're not full blown classes really but you do gain feats from it but you gain those feats by role play events of flashbacks to the various times over the last 10 years since the the initial like breakout mm. when society was like it specifically says you choose like it's like five different events like what was happening when the 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 news was starting to break on the news that's and cool. then you you develop a flashback of when you first encountered the disease uh when society started breaking down and then like time after that when like society was like broken and like you gain your features through these flashback moments and it's really really cool um and also the the way the uh the gm tells you if you're infected uh in secret Oh and no! It's gen- <laughs> and it's also generally encouraged to not tell your fellow players because your fellow players would because it's once you get it like you die. Yeah, and yeah. You turn yeah, yeah they would just kill you. So yeah. it's like it, it's like it talks about like your characters all should by design not fully trust each other because you've been living in ten years in the zombie apocalypse <laughs> and trust is a very limited thing. Yeah, no kidding. So it's it's really cool. It's based uh, like I'm. I love the system, and it's really, really fun. It adds a lot of cool features to second edition. That so you're that asshole in there. That's were you bit? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> That'd be... No, fine. <laughs> hey, you look a little sweaty. Oh, oh yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a hope system. So uh, the, it so, it kind of works like hero points, um, but uh, you you can gain like one to five hope, 
and when your hope is low, like your character's like demeanor changes, and mm. and, mm. You need, and you also need hope to fight the disease if you contract it. Whoa. So if you don't have any hope left, wow, that makes then sense. like you, you can't fight the disease. Wow, you really have to rely on hope in that game. That's, that's, that's really cool. I, you I like have that. to re- like you have to use it more frequently than hero points in second edition. Wow, um, it's really really cool and. Uh, it's it's a it's a much more deadly system the second edition I would think that's Dang. pretty cool. Nice. Uh, well, to kind of finish up our discussion of like uh, TTRPGs, um, I want to quickly shout out uh, Talia from uh, the TTRPG Twitter at Dratheart. They have a website called DratAndCatSuggest.com, and they literally review product services and TTRPGs in seven hundred. In 50 words or less. So, oh. you just want a quick overview of a TTRPG? Check out dratandcatsuggest.com. Hmm. Uh, the reason, one of the reasons why I kind of mention them is obviously interact with them on Twitter. Yeah. Shout out. And I won their giveaway recently. <laughs> so, it. got some dice from Die Hard Dice because they're a Die Hard Dice affiliate. All so right. You, Great. Yeah, crack, crack them open. What, 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 dice do, what kind of dice did you get? Once again, oh, Tim wins again. Tim, Tim wins again. <laughs> It's these beautiful, Whoa. like, milky, like chromatic. Chromatic. <gasps> You could say they're silver dragon dice. <laughs> they, they do Aww. look a little silver. Yeah, it's like a silver dragon huh. scales, and it's got like a like it's per, uh, purple and like uh, it's like pearlescent. Yeah, yeah pearlescent white, like o- like opal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What breath weapon would a purple dragon have? <laughs> purple haze. <laughs> and it's got Dang. A- I have I have roll for combat's giant dragon as this book right. that has like a like fifty different dragons in it. Oh they're, yeah, they're purple ones. I think I think. Uh, there's like a nightmare dragon or a dreams dragon. That's yeah, cool. there you go. No, that's cool. That, yeah. That's awesome. It's breath whip is dank. It just gets you high. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, what's dank has been this jungle that you guys have been <laughs> traversing through on your way back to Acroville. We ended last episode with uh, Elkwood uh, paying respects to Skult and uh, him lamenting a bit about taking him here at all as he met his fate. But perhaps it was fate that he found Vamir as well. Um, at the end of it, you could have swore that you heard Vamir say something. But you know, Vamir doesn't talk. What? He is a vulture. What? Vultures, in fact, believe it or not. They can't talk? They can't talk. Hmm. Bullshit. Oh. They, they do not know language. Well, I gotta get my now, we can take checked. orders from you. However, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very one-sided conversation. So well, I've been talking to birds my whole life. <laughs> You didn't tell me they don't they don't talk back oh okay gotta get something checked all right yep <laughs> yeah so i mean by the end of that he just i mean from like the other conversations he had yes yeah. kind of at this point i mean what what time of day is it too by this point uh at this point i mean it's been uh how many days have you guys worked because they went to Ackerville at this point so right yeah yeah they 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 went like like an hour ahead of you so um so i feel like it wouldn't take you that long to catch one day two days three day a lot so it was so five days worth of travel from the fortress of sorrow could I add that to a little tally here? Uh, and you guys would have got there late, late at night, actually. Now, now, now that I'm looking at it, the way that I'm sort of looking this out. So yeah, yeah, you you guys get to Ackerville, tired, give a nonstop walking, and it is hot and sweaty, and uh, it it is it is uh, around seven or eight p.m. when you guys finally get back 
and uh, uh, Oakwood, you, you you catch up with them, and you all get back to Acrobel. Mm. As you begin to approach the large tree system that is the Acrovel, the city of Acrovel, you see the massive trees, and you see all of the branches and bridges that connect it all, and you see that it is covered in the elves as they are anticipating your arrival. And when you go up, they begin shouting and hollering and clapping and cheer. Woo, 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 woo. They're ecstatic to see you all. And they uh, they drop a rope ladder down for you guys to climb up. And there's children running around, and they're having a massive celebration for all of you. Wow. And uh, Nikataya comes up, and she just goes... My friends, you, you, you've done it. We're, we're, we're no longer cursed here. Yes, we uh, toppled all the towers. And uh, what was the name of this fortress? Fortress of Sorrow. Fortress of Sorrow. Fortress of Sorrow lays in rubble. Indeed, we found a terrible sight. It was appeared to be the, the bones of Dahak himself were built up. I mean, sorry, the fortress itself was built up around the bones of Dahak. We surmise that it looked like perhaps your ancestors were the ones who slayed that incarnation. We were just carrying on the work that you all started. Oh. Uh, well, yes, many, many, many years ago, we, we, we toppled him and struck him down. Perhaps there was still some magic within. The Cinderclaw clearly tapped into that dark magic, but we've wiped their darkness from this area. We watched the magic f- fade from that sp- that space. We have known of your conquest in the jungle. All the things you did, the creatures you freed, the evil that you shut, the evil that you struck down. The trees told us everything. You are heroes amongst our people. Please, w- the, let let us please ha- have a great c- celebration. There's a celebration to be had, and all of these uh, Mwangi Agravelian Ak- elves just start partying. <laughs> nice. There is uh, celebrations going on. There's games. There's dancing. You know, they're, they're eating spicy peppers again. Like you <laughs> yeah, guys are getting... uh, Benson cheats at this point. He's just like... Kezra <laughs> yeah, sees somebody going by with a with like a flagon or a pitcher of uh, wine. He <laughs> just like, like grabs from... the whole thing. And just <laughs> it's like, like that fermented Pouring flour. it on himself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, like when you said the kids like were running around and stuff, I was just imagining back when um, when Benson was like showing off and stuff like that, and all the them all converted to I am a day or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they're all wielding swords now, and he's just like, all right. This uh, is the I am a day militia. <laughs> yeah, the uh, all of the kobolds are there as well. Oh. Uh, so the the kobolds are running around with the children, uh, just like, oh. having, a, having a fucking blast. <laughs> they're um, all healthy looking now. Yeah, they're all healthy looking. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's amazing. What, what the Acrovelian elves can do with diseases. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, I meant to tell you, the two diseases that you guys could have gotten was one was malaria, the other one was dysentery. Oh. Oh, <laughs> yes. oh man. You, you, don't, you don't want to give us uh, poopy-themed things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you've made that mistake before. <laughs> I, I, really, I really wanted you guys to just shit yourself constantly. It's over, Jake. It's I so have funny. dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> this episode will never continue. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, the, the, the kobolds are, are in, are in tip top shape. They are celebrating the, the Acrovelian, uh, the Ikuje, uh, 
of the Leopard Clan, as they are called. Uh, they're celebrating because they they can now walk beyond the barrier that that was once holding them. If you remember, they would walk a certain distance and then they would immediately be blinded. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, because um, because of the ritual that uh, that, as you now know, that uh, Balbazog had uh, had casted on them uh, or on the area itself. Um, but yeah, the, with the celebration going on, they're they're hooting and hollering and having a great time, and they're talking about you know the, how how they're they're going to get back to the the lands that they didn't have access to because of the curse, um, and it is a wonderful time. Uh, Hazel is there. Yeah, I was gonna want, I was gonna ask, ask actually. Yeah, she is just sitting there, just brooding over. <laughs> she's just sort of like staring out at the trees, just like s- sitting on a bench. Kezra walks over, drunk as hell. <laughs> he's got the he's got the the same fi- uh, staff of hers. Oh yeah, that he's just been wheeling around. <laughs> Check this out. Just start spinning it. <laughs> so you, you lean over and breathe in her yeah. face, and she's just like, oh, this staff has served me well, much better than it would be in your hands. When I get home, I plan on changing it. I don't like the spells that you put into it. <laughs> I feel like it could be better. <laughs> <laughs> this is my breath weapon. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's good to see that you made it here alive, though. Uh, the, what, what was I saying? You're, you're quite drunk. How dare you? I'm a hero! (laughs) Hero or not, you're plastered. (laughs) Maybe so, but it it is my party. Yes, this is a celebration for you. What will you do now, Hazel? I suppose the cinder claws have nothing for me. BQJ tell me they've scattered the rest of their numbers throughout. Perhaps there's something to do with you. I wouldn't mind sticking it to Dahawk himself, really. Mm, yes, I piss on Dahawk's bones. He's a nuisance. Cannot believe anybody would be dumb enough <laughs> to invoke his name or his worship as a. Did you uh, know that dragon that was being held by Balmazog? No, I was put in charge of the mine. Balbazard did talk about some inferior dragon that she thought would live up to something, but she never went into details. She was mostly bolstered by her own ego. I don't rightly know if she was aware that if the hawk does come back, she would not be spared. Obviously, I was in agreement with with our dragon friend that Balbazard was... Uh, idiot. Idiot. <laughs> Yes. Do do you know anything about the Scarlet Triad? What the the strings they were pulling on you, you pawns? No, unfortunately not. I would be happy to search with you if they are behind what Belmazog thinks is effective. She told you once that she believes that they are also worshippers of the heart, but if you read any of their writing, you'll see they're not nearly as stupid. Yes, they... From scanning over her notes, they, they seem to be humoring her and manipulating her. Anyway, uh, my, I got to talk, uh, talk it over with my companions, but we could stay in touch 
with you should any developments unfold. We will be heading back soon. This sweaty jungle is... Heading back? Yes, we will be heading back through the portal back to our to our land. Was that where you came from? Yes. I don't believe I knew that. Mm-hmm. I assumed you were one of the demon hunters that lived out here. Oh, no, no. El- well, my my good friend Elkezef has a funny little arrowhead that opens the door. Oh, Kezron, there you are. <laughs> hey. hey! I've been looking all over for Look you. Look who I found! <laughs> oh, Hazel, I, uh, I hope Kezron has been bothering you too much with fanciful tales. He just looks, stares <laughs> daggers at uh, drunk Kezron, like, he's looking, revealing everything. He's looking like over your shoulder just into the jungle. Oh, <laughs> uh, 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 there's both of you. <laughs> Yes, what uh, what nonsense was Kezra talking about? Uh, sorry he bothered you. Uh, no, not so well. He was bothersome at first. Sort of chuckles to herself. Told me that you all were going back through somewhere. Oh, yes. <laughs> through somewhere indeed. <laughs> it's a long journey back to where we came from. North. It's, it was north. North. Very, very north. Um... I don't know if you know, but if we have a boat, any kind of... I'm, I'm sure we dragged it. <laughs> we dragged it the whole way. Dragged it, dragged it four days. Four days over land. There's like a large divot in the ground. Right, let's right. not let's not play pretend here. Benson dragged yeah, it. Yeah, that sounds good. You guys watched. <laughs> As you can see, that is our ship. You see, like, there's, like, fresh paints. It's a big Thick Nigel? Yes, it's an inside joke. Uh, uh, too, too long to explain. But you see, we uh, must just be some, heading like, back. There's just some like rudimentary booty cheeks art. <laughs> <laughs> giant bubble butt. Uh, you know, you know, like the you know, like the mermaids on the front of like yeah. pirate oh, ships. Right, right. It's it's Nigel backwards with just his exposed <laughs> at bubble first, butt. At first, <laughs> he's just like hugging the the stern. <laughs> Sticking his big old, uh, big old cheeks out. So Hazel quite look, looks at you all and she just goes, You are well, the Ikuje told me everything about where you came from. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> they did what now? Well, it looks like we got a purge. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> go do that ritual again. <laughs> they all know too much. <laughs> yeah. Alright, well I guess I can drop any... And it goes with you, yes. Drop your facade. What do I am willing you? to provide my alchemical services to you. And what do you expect in return? Name your price. I don't mean that literally. We would, well, there's negotiations to follow, of course. <laughs> oh. No. Abadar doesn't accept free labor. <laughs> That's actually very true. <laughs> uh, well, provide many alchemical services. I simply want to... What's the Abadarian way to, to get revenge? Um, tax them. <laughs> tax them with death. You cannot tax the hawk. <laughs> tax the hawk with death. We could uh, get the, uh, uh, Osha on his ass. That, that, uh, yeah. that fortress was just full of them. Osha yeah, violations. That's true. <laughs> it's it's true. My, I, committee. Uh, I made sure, I made sure the mine had that very nice ramp going all the way down. <laughs> I it was much that. safer. Yes. They, they tried to put footholds in there, and I said climbing up and down every single time with a giant bag of gold would be asinine. <laughs> exactly. I noticed how accessible the angle on that ramp was. You did a, you did well, craftsmanship. <laughs> it was all those ADA compliance. You just needed a railing. <laughs> 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 I 
I, you know, I tried to put the railing up, but the Chauver car said, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> well, I'm glad we killed them. <laughs> <laughs> then we'd just be leaning all day. <laughs> Tell you what, it, it seems like we have goals that align. But as you know, if we're going to let launch a long-term effort to dismantle this presence of Dahak, we're going to need some sort of steady stream of income. We recently came into possession of a large estate in which we are the rightful emphasis on rightful owners of, and I don't. Th- I can talk it up with my companions, but I don't think we would oppose to be giving to give you some uh, real estate with which you can have a pop-up alchemy stand, with which you can sell your wares, perhaps produce some for us and our efforts, and we will keep you informed on how else you can further our efforts in investigation. I know in Breach Hill there's a book bookstore for sale. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. You just turn it into an alchemical place. Man. I mean, it's close. We have enough money to do what, that if we want to. <laughs> we could buy the town. Come on. <laughs> How much for the town? <laughs> I've come to buy Breach Hill. Uh, yeah, Hazel sort of uh, thinking about you guys going far away from... Did you, did you say where you're from yet? He said Breach Hill. I mean, it's, it's small enough that they may not know. That's true. Let me go ahead and roll... Yeah, let me roll something. Hold on. Roll Lore Breach Hill? Yeah. <laughs> Breach Hill? Lore Small Town in North? <laughs> uh, let me just go ahead and roll... She's like, oh yeah, Lehman Breach was my, my like dad or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, good friends. <laughs> Lehman Breach Hill was actually a kobold. Well, fucking nat- <laughs> oh. She rolled a natural 20 on her, uh, on her knowledge That check. human washing of history. Kobold, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. darn it. It was actually a kobold. <laughs> oh. Rachel, yes, I, I traveled there once. Interesting, has it has it gone up more than what the book said? Well, I definitely think that the property value has increased over time. <laughs> now that the castle is no longer uh, under the possession of hostile forces, we've actually considered uh, starting a small B&B there. It's kind of a vacation away for the local townspeople. You know, they can get quite bored seeing the same one-mile radius, but we provide a uh, different view of the world. Perhaps uh, you could make us some. Could be our mixologist on site. <laughs> if you want me to be a bartender, fine. <laughs> no, no, it's just a side hustle. <laughs> just, for, just for our balls. <laughs> but fine, fine. It, as long as I still have my my thorn scales with me. Oh God, that's all I ask. Goblins and oh. a f- thing of kobolds just left. <laughs> there are there are. Two kobolds back, back in the Citadel all terrain, and like 15 goblins. <laughs> oh, we gotta even the numbers up. So. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure. Dude, yeah. Hazel will just like have an uprising and will just kill all goblins. <laughs> We're gonna have to like make, the, make them start building the little town outside the, the Citadel. <laughs> We're, just, right, yeah. We're just gonna kind of build a little goblin kobold town around our castle. <laughs> oh, yeah. We like erect a wall. Yeah, right. So it's kind of like an intercourt outwards. I feel like a little Hoover town. Yeah. We'll Whenever we leave, we just have to step over we'll, the wall. Yeah. <laughs> we'll defend them in the event they can come inside the walls in yeah. the event of a siege. Uh, <laughs> uh, It'll be a fiefdom, but actually fair. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we will pay them. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure I'm sure Adelar can uh, whip up the articles of incorporation for our new town. <laughs> uh, Hazel is uh, excited for this. Even the, the the prospect of this, she sort of nice. is looking out at the jungle, and she just sort of has this morose look, but also a little bit of hope now, and she just says. Getting away from this place with my thorn scales would be a new life, I think. I will go where, wherever you lead. Hmm. Kezra, I expect 
great things out of you, considering you bested me. I need a piss and a bath. <laughs> he just like stands up, <laughs> trips over his feet, and just like wanders off. There's into the, the crowd. <laughs> There's the Kesra we know. Yep, yep, yep. Achievement unlocked. Alchemist at the home base. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Alchemist. Free, free healing potions. Yeah. Alchemist slash discount. brewmaster. Yeah, but it's yeah. a discounted healing potion. Discounted yeah, discount. healing potions. Oh, no. Yeah. And uh, we drink for free in our house. Definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's, just like, She's also going to hate that. Landlord, landlords drink for free. <laughs> it's like, actually, if you take these poisons and distill them enough, it actually gives you a really good buzz. <laughs> Distilled enough poison. <laughs> I mean, it's just like what uh, absinthe was in the very original. Oh my god! Done. Yeah, back yeah. when you could go blind because they just start putting shit in there to get <laughs> yeah. you drunk. Yeah. You get all the po- all the bite without the hospital stay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about the hospital stay. I'll take care of that. <laughs> I'll charge body. You'll charge body for that. Um, all right. What else do you guys want to want to do for the evening? Is there is there anyone anyone in particular you want to talk to? You you, you guys want want to talk some stuff out? Um, um, you guys you guys you guys do have like a day trip back to the portal itself. So, yeah. Elk would uh, probably talk to that. The um, what's that guy? Uh, I forgot his name. The one head hunter. Uh, the head hunter. His name was. I am scrolling through. His name is Akosa. Yeah, Akosa. He wanted to find Akosa. Just uh, kind of okay. talk back and forth. Uh, so as you go to uh, as you go to find uh, find Akosa, um, you see that him and Jossi, which is the uh, the elf male uh, that was leading the hunting party when you guys first got to the Mwangi. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see them sort of sitting very, very close to each other and they're like leaning over the balcony and they're sort of talking like very, very uh, close and like intimately. Um, gotcha. And you know that Jossie is uh, Nikitai's father. Right. Um, and so when you when you sort of, uh, when you approach him, Jossie sort of like stands up and like walks away really quick and the coast is like, oh, hello. Uh, it's a Fine, fine celebration. You look. You, it looks like you caught him off guard. Oh yes. Oh, am I interrupting something? I can no, no. You, and and he looks back at Joshy as, as Joshy is like walking away. And is there like a check just to see? Uh, ro- yeah. Roll a roll a roll a uh, perception. Um, I gotta check what my perception is at level nine. Yeah, what's that? What's that? Ranger nine, level nine perception. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think it's anything too drastic, honestly. Uh, I think it is. I'm actually, I don't know. It actually huh, is this initiative because uh, I get a bonus. <laughs> um, no, it's a uh, plus fifteen, so eighteen plus fifteen, which would be thirty-three. Uh, easily enough to tell you think you you believe that they were uh, that they might be romantically involved, oh. uh, but they obviously. Gonna talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, yeah, they're, they're both they're both high ranking people. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, him being uh, Nikitai's dad, and then uh, Akosa being um, being like you know the, the the head of the hunting party. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you're like, oh, did I, did I interrupt the two of you? I'm sorry. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> ah, well, so apologies for that. Uh, no, no, wait, wait, uh, wait, what is it? He's like trying to move the conversation on. Oh no, uh, nothing. I just want to say like, I, well. Uh, he just he's just trying to have uh, like words to say like about it and he just kind of regales just because he kind of like went on that hunting party with mm-hmm. him and stuff like that so it was kind of like a a fun thing he did before yeah. he left and then just all this tragedy kind of starts to go they were perusing the jungle but he kind of just starts talking about like different things that he saw and like kind of fills him in on certain spots okay yeah uh, like 
you know, the mine, it's vacant now. Yeah, um, yeah. But then there's the Fortress of Sol- Sorrow. He uh, brings up that there is the people he couldn't communicate with, uh, the mammoth, uh, the, the elephant people. Elephant people, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, uh, the, the, the elephant people. Uh, we, uh, we were friends with them, but they, I believe that they went south after uh, everything had transpired, and we were not able to communicate with them anymore. But uh, they're, they're, they are friends of ours. If, you, if we happen to see them, we will make sure to, to say that you, uh, you succeeded in, in your mission. Oh, yes. I will be sure to do that if we perhaps just run into them. And uh, there was actually an interesting temple that we discovered as well. It was the one that was the... Let's see what the gods were called. It, it, was there a unique name? Desna and Gaz yeah. were combined. Yes. But so was there a particular name for that? You Gazna. are... Gazna. Gazna. <laughs> Desiree. <laughs> Desiree. Uh, so this was... Have a couple name? Can I say it off the top of my head? The Banuwat people? I believe that's right. Hold on. Uh... Yeah, the Banawa people. Uh, so yeah, it was an old it was an old temple. Um, the 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 name of the sort of combined deity is uh, is sort of lost to time, but um, you know you know that the temple uh, just through like reading and stuff that they were called the Banawat people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just kind of brings up something about that and, um, that they kind of fended from Thick Nigel. Like he goes, oh yes, we encountered Thick Nigel. I mean, <laughs> Nigel. Uh, actually, I don't know what his name was because now I can't think of what his actual damn name is. Uh, good. Oh, I think it was Gerhard Pendergrass. That's, That's Pendergrass. right. He had some yeah. really cool name yeah. anyway. Yeah, uh, Pendergrass. But they, he was there as well. But well, we eliminated him, um, so shouldn't have any issue with that. But now that was brought up, now that the curse is over, or the the curse that you all suffered, uh, perhaps less people be invading in to take from the land. It is true. Uh, if if this character Gerhard Gerhard Pendergrat, Nigel, Absalonian names are so difficult. <laughs> uh, if he is gone, then perhaps all of his works will be gone as well, and people will find less interest in stealing, and taking things from this place for profit. Yes, we, as you know, in Akravel, do not use coin, so it's always. It's always saddened our people whenever people have come here to take things, to sell it out somewhere else. Yes. But I thank you very much for this. And he just kind of puts his hand on, on, on your shoulder and, and he just says, you've been a great help to us. We are indebted to you. And at that point, he does put a hand on his shoulder as well, kind of like in a greeting. He goes, and I have something kind of sensitive to say. Uh, is... Is there a way I could possibly join? Oh, uh, I. Of course, uh, I, you you are always you are always welcome here. If you if you wish to stay, that is that is fine. Um, we we will we will see what the trees say. In fact, we will see where your place is. Uh, there, there there was always a place for you here in Acrovel for me and our family and our tribe says the trees uh, it kind of thinks about it because like when they said they were like communicating with the trees you kind of like what like yep. <laughs> that's a thing yes <laughs> uh yeah so as you as you as you sort of like say that he goes the the, the the trees hold history within them um perhaps we will 
talk about it when when you become officially part of the leopard clan. Yeah, and he kind of does like smile like a lot after that. He just kind of grins, um, kind of because of the other things that he's dealing with. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a glimpse of hope of like secretly wanting to get out of his old life mm-hmm. and wanting to push on. Oh yeah. So he kind of backs off, bows, and kind of disappears into part of the tree again. Uh, celebrations continue on. Um, I think uh, Adalar is actually going to try to find where Kezra got off to. <laughs> Make sure he's okay. Stumbling around <laughs> in the dark doesn't seem like a good a good idea. So. Uh, Kezra is wrestling a bunch of children. <laughs> <laughs> Kezra, Kezra did end up finding a, ba- find a bath, though. But you do, you do see the you do see a bunch of people exiting the bath swiftly. <laughs> he finds like an, he finds like an open air bath, and you see him in there. He's alone, oh. and uh, you saw a bunch of people be like, "Let's give this guy space." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like sitting in like a kind of a, like a small bath to himself. And he's, the, the staff is like dipped in the water, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like heat. It's perpetually heating the water because it can heat that. So. <laughs> It's just like steaming, and you see Kazra like just his eyes are like he's having trouble keeping his eyes open. Yeah, and he's just he's just nearly passed out. He's just like, Kazra, are you are you okay? We cleanse this place, this jungle of the the cult. We they're gone now. Touched, I touched his bones. I touched the sorrow maker's bones. The we've extracted all the resources from this Cinderclaw cult, but they're they're not the top of the food chain here. You know, I, he leans back for a second. <laughs> <laughs> we all been there at one point. <laughs> all been there. So uh, I think uh, Adelar he kind of pulls out his his water flask, um, and he he hands it uh, to to Kesser and is like, "Yes, yes, though there, there's always bigger and better things to get to. But first things first, let's uh, get you hydrated." <laughs> he seems to like not even know, like acknowledge you. Really? So he's just like. So I, I offer it to you, just don't even... Yeah. Nothing. You gotta just wander water, man. He kind of waves him. his hand. He kind of, like, looks up. Yeah, he, he doesn't he doesn't respond to your hand. He's just... The, this cult is stupid. But something they're doing is... They're getting close. They're... I don't know if they succeed, but they're clearly... Clearly connecting with him. At this point, you're starting to realize he's not talking to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's just like, I, I, I feel like I need guidance from you, master. And then, like, as you, like, you, like, follow his gaze, and over on, like, a tree branch, you see a little Kezra just, like, coiled up and staring at him, and then, like, also kind of glancing at you every now and then. <laughs> we... I need guidance. I, I 
They're clearly on to something, and I don't know if they're going to succeed. But I feel like we have decisions to make. And then he just like sinks into the bathroom. <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh. And he passes out. <laughs> he passes out, out face down. Oh no! <laughs> face down in the hot tub. <laughs> and then little Kezra's just sitting over there, coiled up on a branch, watching hmm. as Kezra drowns. <laughs> just watching. <laughs> well. Hmm. Does Adelar pull him out of the water? <laughs> <laughs> he, does, he doesn't. He doesn't go underwater. He doesn't submerge. But he just kind of, oh no! GM said his, his, his arms are like on the outside, and he's just like hooked onto the edge of the path, and it's just like. Bleh. So which rib do you slide the knife through? Yeah. Yeah. Adler just stabs him. Won't let this happen. <laughs> what What is Adler thinking? I think. I feel like Adler is is is. Is there a lot of concern? You mm. said master. Yeah. Staring at little Kezra. So it went from thinking little Kezra's just his little buddy yes. to perhaps a gateway to something else. So he um he kind of like arms a spell. Doesn't fire it, oh, but just like arms a spell. And he approaches slowly and says seems there is someone else pulling the strings I'm only assuming you can hear me I don't know who you are but I will find out what you are up to I promise you that you don't know Kezra like I do and once he gets enough power he will discard you as well whoever you may be Watch your back. You don't have just Kezra de Rajan to wonder if the knife will plunge into your back. Abadar's gaze falls on us all. And you see like a, a divine lance appears from the conjuring light and just goes right next to it. Intentionally missing. But right next, just enough that the gold lights up little Kezra. Yeah, little Kezra darts in, in, into the tree somewhere. It's like actually rolled to, a hit. Uh. <laughs> you, 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 to, to, to anyone that, 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 that might be watching at this, it literally looks like you just throw a divine lance at, it, at, at a snake. And, and, it, and it's scattered. It just... Uh, was the snake uh, chaotic? <laughs> <laughs> Here, <laughs> I go over and I pull. Kezra did sink under the yeah, water. I pull oh, Kezra oh, out of the water. Uh, <laughs> Eddie. Oh, oh no, Kezra. Oh boy. <laughs> While Adelar is <laughs> helping Kezra out of the hot tub, <laughs> also cleaning. He's naked. He, of course, Eddie's oh. naked. I, I didn't know. Well, yeah, who would who would have thought? I mean, his clothes are clearly just like thrown over a log. Yeah. You saw them strewn about, strewn about yeah. the floor yeah. on the way into yeah. the bathroom. <laughs> this there. is a family spa. <laughs> I know. 
Sir, sir, please stop doing it. Please. Oh, oh God damn it. He's in there. <laughs> He's the hero. Oh, God damn it. Right. He'll leave. Uh, Benson, you see uh, there are <laughs> there, there's a, a bunch of kids that are like running around you, and you can see that they fashion sticks into swords and shields. <laughs> <laughs> That's sweet. I'll, send, I'll take some time to teach him how to sword fight. Who wants to spar? <laughs> take, <laughs> take your stats. <laughs> just plunge the sword in an eight-year-old's chest. <laughs> yeah, the, so you're, you're, you're like you're like teaching them this, and it is nothing like the Iguje how to how they teach their children how to how to fight. You know, they're very much a, a bow and arrow or spear <laughs> type, yeah, yeah, type, yeah. type of uh, a combat style. Uh, and so the, the parents are just watching you from a distance with, with glee. Like you know, they, yeah. they they find it adorable. I also teach some of them how to incorporate a shield with a spear. Oh Ooh. yeah, like it's over like, top, yeah, like a yeah. phalanx, yeah, yeah. almost. Because you know, sword and spear or shield and spear is like the most overpowered thing ever. <laughs> Uh, you uh, you get um, uh, so as, as you're like teaching this, like so some of the some of the parents are just like, all right, all right, it's it's time for bed, it's time for bed, and they go and like you know they like shuffle the kids away, and uh, you see um, one of the uh, one of the parents just sort of like stand up as as one of the uh, one of the other parents like takes the kids and they just kind of turn to you and they just like, I did not know that we would have allies from so far away that. We would be taking in such as you. Well, the inheritor pointed me in a direction and sent me. You needed my help, so that's why she sent me. Tis true. Perhaps the Leopard Clan could... Pardon my pun, but branch out a bit more. It appears maybe we did close ourselves off for too long. Well, if any of your people find themselves on my side of the world, I will always welcome them. Well, I suppose it could be fun being on the ground for that long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they live in the trees. <laughs> oh almost, yeah, almost exclusively. Yeah, forgot about that. Oh, uh, we got some trees. <laughs> I don't think there's a single tree in Hill. <laughs> They're jungle scapes made of concrete and stone. <laughs> <laughs> concrete, concrete jungle. Yeah, the concrete, the con- jungle. The concrete jungle. Um, as you sort of look around and things are starting to like wind down, after the celebration has been in full swing for a few hours, Nekataya beckons you all away from the festivities. She's sort of like just sort of waves you over. And without a word, you were led down from the treetops. And there's a large staircase that just like goes all the way down. And no words are spoken the entire time. You're led to the base of a large tree that holds the majority of the city of Ackerville aloft. Further north of the city, you see a cultivated grove of trees that seems to have ancient elven texts flowing up from the roots out to the branches and somehow growing on, onto the leaves. Each of these tells a story. We inscribe these trees with the words and tales of our ancestors. We seldom use these 
to include the tales of peoples beyond our borders. No outsiders know of our history. And that will remain true. But we felt it proper to include you in our history. And that means you will no longer be outsiders. The Ecoje of Aquarvel consider you four to be one of us. After all, if you did not come through the gate into our lands, we would never be free of the blinding curse of the hawk. The darkness spread into our minds. And for that we wish to honor you with your own tale. She lowers her hand to the forest floor in a small opening between a few fledgling trees. As she raises her hand from the soil, a small green bud rises up out. She begins speaking and singing elvish words, ancient elvish words, and a golden light begins etching onto the stem of the fresh sapling. As the words reach the top of the plant, it seems to grow more and more to fit the words that are being spoken into existence. The written words suddenly seem to drift off of the tips of the leaves that decorate the tree, and now stands just about a waist high. The golden symbols and letters float gently around in the air, circling you all as you stare in amazement. A great dome made entirely of elvish symbols written in three dimensions surround you all, and a low hum of whispers can be heard with each passing phrase. The entire time, Nikitaya has been diligently and passionately singing the story of your victory over the worshippers of Dahak, when all of a sudden an eerie echo of her face seems to twist towards you, Elk. The area around you goes quiet. You can still see her singing in her physical form, but the spiritual visage speaks to you directly. Elkwood, you have entered these lands and adapted to our way of life. There would be a home for you here. However, there is something within you that could pose a danger to us all. While you stop the threat of the hawk and his followers, your past claws and bites at your heels. You must look in yourself and beyond yourself before you can call any place home as everything starts to swirl and warp in your vision. The colors in the space around Elk begin to swirl slowly, the half-elf growing more confused and disoriented, trying to open his mouth to speak, only for nothing to sound out. He then tries to stand up and leave, but his feet and legs held to the floor's floor, rooted in place. A look of horror fell on his face at this moment as he began to see why. As large vines began to snake around his ankles and legs, forcing him down until he began to frantically try to escape. Please, be calm, Elkwood. You're in no danger. The voice of the elder began to trail off as his eyes moved to look at her, only to see nothing but blackness, ever-growing blackness that stretched up to the canopy. Elkwood begins to rip and tear the vines that were holding him down as he runs off into the trees. The jungle trees seemed to sink and recoil back into the dirt with every step, and water began to rise out of the forest floor until he realized he was no longer in the jungle, Mwangi. The water that filled the empty space around him stunk with decay and mold. That rancid smell brought back worse thoughts. He knew he was an Absalom, 
his old neighborhood. Looking back behind at the tree, he noticed it was no longer a tree at all, but now a piece of driftwood that was falling apart on the hinges leading to a shack. The sky was bright, and soon the sound of sloshing, sloshing water and people milling about began to take over in his atmosphere. In this atmosphere. Elkwood walked along the city streets, avoiding the flow of water as much as he could, jumping from one pylon to the other as the tide rolled in. Looking towards the streets and the water rushing down below, there was a body, followed by another and another. People he didn't know, but all share the same look of someone who lived in the puddles. He only snapped out of it when he saw a familiar face. The mirror. The vulture perched on a nearby rooftop and twisted its head to peer down on his companion. If he didn't know any better, there was a smile on that beak somehow. With the only sense of familiarity being his unnerving animal companion, the half-elf followed he clambered on rotting wood and crumbling stone as the vulture repeatedly jumped away a little more and then glided to another rooftop. All the while, bodies continued to funnel down the streets. It wasn't until he looked down again that he realized there was a familiar air around the spot. He recognized the stone marker that was the foundation rock of a building prior to when it was destroyed. And then his eyes trailed to an opening that used to have a door. It was his home his former home. The vulture seemed to disappear as he turned back to look at him. Supposed to come in here, it seems. His voice shook for a moment, vision blurring before regaining his composure. The rancid smell seemed to increase as the half-elf moved further in, his eyes only able to see through some of the darkness. Cautiously, he stepped in further, before seeing a shape floating on the water. The shape he knew was of his own father. The man was dead, severed throat and left to the elements, which forced him to become a horrible mess of a corpse. But that wasn't the worst part. The figure stirred, shambling to life as the figure managed to stand itself up. It groaned. Its bones cracked, and water began to pour from openings throughout its flesh. Its eyes were cloudy and vacant, and its throat severed the handiwork of Garrick. The ranger backed up, his eyes widening as the figure got to its feet, reached out a hand, trying to speak, but only gurgles flowed out of its neck wound. <laughs> was all it could manage, as it clambered and reached at the half-elf. No, you are dead. This is all fake tricks. His voice betrayed his actual feelings as he turned to run, only to see a silhouette of a woman in the doorway. The figure thin and frail. The closer he got, the more her features seemed to become more detailed. Her cheekbones pronounced, ears pointed, hair a deep brown. She was in pain. The closer he approached, the smell of decay creeping further behind him. And the more he saw of her, eyes a light blue with white specks in the middle, and a sharp nose. She was merely a foot away. He reached out for her, trying to find a grasp, only to feel the figure behind him grab his shoulders and pull him back. No, get off me! He fought, finally sh finally shrugging off the revenant and turning, the turning to the figure in the doorway again. It reached towards him. He sprinted, without knowing what he had, hugging the figure tightly, feeling her hand on his back. She was warm and inviting. Then he opened his eyes again, 
and over her shoulder was Vamir. And pulling back just a moment was the figure he saw, but now she's changed. Her mouth showed a smile, but her eyes were now covered by a blindfold. He attempted to pull away completely. It was all he could say before the arm she had wrapped around him squeezed tighter. Just a loving mother. Now sleep. He struggled, trying to get out of the grasp, only for it to squeeze tighter and tighter until his eyes closed. When he opened his eyes again, the smell of decay was no more. Only now the smell was replaced the smell of ozone in the air, and a heavy metallic wafting through. There was a little light in the large chamber that he found himself, from what he could see. There was a small bit of glittering gold. The more his eyes adjusted, the glittering became more amassed to that of a large pile. There was also red and greens glowing now as well. As he stepped closer, there were more details. But then a thought came up. A horde? Dragons? That feeling of dread washed over him again as he stepped back. The sound of coins and various metals raining onto the ground until the sound was almost that of a river. A river of riches. Have you come to pay me tribute? The sound echoed around him. Booming finally, a large shape of a dragon had revealed itself. Adorned with blue scaled and covered in jewels, the dragon had an ashy complexion. An almost familiar note of superiority that was too obvious to showcase who it really was. Kazra? Surprised? Shocked? Haven't I always warned you that I was destined for greatness? You have never seen such raw power of which I have attained. More lightning crackled around the dragon, forcing the half-elf to take cover from it. Seconds would pass as Elk would return, seeing the visible lightning streaks around his companion. It is a grand collection. How, How did you? His voice contained fear and uncertainty. The large draconic head eyed him for a few moments, almost a grin spreading across its long face before settling down. This is impossible. The eyes of the dragon glowed bluer and more striking with each passing second, becoming just a spiral of lightning in each of his pupils. Cautiously he approached, his feet clinking against a pile of gold. (laughs) This must be a nation's worth. You're wrong. It is possible. It has always been possible with her. With her, I was able. Another bolt of lightning struck the area where the dragon was, blinding the ranger, before he was able to look back, only to witness an event that truly horrified him. Once there was a mighty dragon, who before showcased strength and intelligence beyond mortal limits. But now was the same dragon, only weakly able to hold themselves up. The once proud muscles that bulged from behind the scales were no more, while remained was little more than a wobbly body on skeletal legs. Kesra, what, what, what happened? Look away. The once booming voice came out with little more than a shriek, broken only by what seemed to be sand flowing from the powerful jaws. And said, look away. Lightning still crackled around the creature known as Kezra, but to Elk, 
didn't seem dangerous in the slightest, especially as Kezra de Rajan backed off, his horror looking less glimmering, less shiny, with the coins becoming dull, to finally becoming little more than coppers that even a bar wouldn't take. The shrinking form cried out again, this time weakly pulling itself towards the ranger, who in reaction moved back from the emaciated claw. Again a, sh again a swipe to pull him. Only for once glamorous only for the once glamorous horde to cling to the husk of the dragon, keeping him still before finally locking him in place. Ugh. The voice of desperation was soon cut off from the sounds of falling rubble, of which then separated the two. A second look is all the half-elf gave before running into the darkness, leaving the pleading serpent behind. Panicked, he dashed on until he saw a light. The darkness almost seemed to slip off of him the further he ran towards the radiance before him, thankful for anything that could allow him to see. Warmth and an invitation is what it felt like. Instead of turning back, he was able to spot the golden shape as a figure until with a flash of golden shimmering light, he could see the room itself was covered not in the cave, but with, a gl but with glittering coins. Gold coins from all the realms, every kingdom in Galarian. The figure whose brimming light hurt, hurt Elk even to look at it, slowly lowered to the floor. Eyes of radiant yellow, robes of white and silver. It was who he thought, Adelar. Hello, Elkwood. The voice was filled with such warmth, such comfort, that the ranger drank it into a point that it felt toxic. A task performed, we have earned victory. Abadar's graced us with his gifts from his vault. As the being lowered to the floor an impact a foot to stone, the coarse object began to glow before turning to gold itself. Another step in the radius of the transformative magic began to sweep around the glowing figure, with the earth becoming rigid and uncompromising. Elkwood stepped back as the image of Adelar continued their approach. The aura spreading out, a golden halo projecting the glimmering gold further and further, the walls and ceiling now glistening. Come with me, Elkwood. You will never need to worry about the future. It is ours. Through Abadar's grace, we can own. Also, just as it did with Kezra, the sentence was interrupted, and a pillar of gold began to rain down above Adelar. It seemed almost majestic at first, but there was a spot of gold that lingered on the cleric, soon turning to, soon turning to spreading along his skin at a fairly rapid pace. Adelar, you are... Elkwood started, about to reach towards the spot, but the figure pulled away. A minor inconvenience, nothing I cannot handle. Almost in an exaggerated form, Adelar laughed. <laughs> His voice echoed, echoed out within the lit room. With the same motion that he had seen so many times before, the ranger watched what he did best. Heal. With his hands glowing gold, the cleric moved, eyes closed. A repetitive motion, practiced. But while his eyes were closed, elks were not. What spawned from the golden fingertips of Adelar were no longer gold, but a gorgeous flame. It happened quickly. With the flame soon touching skin itself, he could smell it. Adelar, pull away. It, it didn't make a difference. 
The half-elf healer, a bringer of golden rays, continued to press down before pulling away, but it didn't stop. Soon, flame licked along the golden spot. What was worse was the smell. What was worse than the smell was the golden spot soon melting along his body and his flesh. Adelor, cast heal! I... I did... Again, the half-elf raised his hands, attempting a burst of healing magic. Only fire surrounded him, forcing the ranger to dodge away. I can't make it stop. Another casting and more flames spread from him, forcing him farther away from the burning humanoid, who tried to cast again until finally the flames began to, began to become too bright to even look at. The figure turned to ash. And Elkwood stood there, stunned to silence. He almost didn't hear footsteps approaching from behind. As he turned, he saw a figure, cloaked in shadow with flames behind him. As soon as he spoke, he knew immediately. Elkwood, my friend, it's too late to save him. We have to keep going. For a moment, the ranger was elated, even after the devastation of two comrades facing their demise. Benson, we need to get out of here. We need to. There was a bit of hope in his voice that was quickly cut short. Benson stumbled forward, far from the practice step that he knew the night combustor. Flames grew higher with each step behind the champion. His sword and shield were coated with blood, the armor he wore shining proudly with the same light of Iomene. Benson's steps began to labor more and more as if the paladin was exhausted. He stopped short, dropping to one knee and piercing the sword into the floor to hold himself up. Elkwood approached with hands out to try to steady the caped crusader. The closer he got to Benson, the worse his condition appeared to be. His skin looked as though it were melted to the steel of his armor. Benson's face rose to meet Elk's, but what the rangers saw was horrific. Half of the paladin's face was burnt to ash. The duty-bound servant of Iomade still cracked a proud grin on what was left. Benson, you are... I'm fine. I am fearless. Therefore, I am mighty. Fearless. Mighty. It almost felt like the shield-bearer was put on repeat. He stood up and marched like nothing was holding him back. But when Elkwood saw Benson's back... He stood in shock to see the numerous spears and axes planted into the champion's flesh. He seemed to think he was unstoppable, but Elk knew better. Come! Let us finish this! Almost on cue, the famous cry, Thy will be done! The paladin ran into the darkness. Elk chased closely behind. Benson, stop and listen! His cries rebounding along the cave walls until he felt a great gust of wind forcing him back. He desperately pushed his feet forward and ran towards it, into it, only to eventually break out into a space under the night sky. The trees were deep and ancient, tall and strong. Elkwood turned around to center himself, but there was no cave, only the moon above and the sound of wildlife. For fuck's sake. With the limited light... There was little more that the half-elf could do besides continue to walk. He moved along the forest floor as something that came second nature to him. His eyes darted back and forth in empty anticipation. There was nothing that he sensed was dangerous. 
but it brought him paranoia. A chill ran down his spine, and he reached for his sword, but instead found a small dagger in its place. There was no time to question, in his, question his situation. He pressed on anyway. The forest somehow got more dense and wild as he continued. He ran faster through the trees, scanning the area and finally seeing the trail of sorts. Footprints of a halfling? He sprinted to follow them, dashing between the trunks and vines of the vegetation along the path. He felt younger and stronger. The moon was full. There was a scent in the air, and Skult was next to him. The two ran until they discovered the fleeing mongrel. Hello, Calamont. Yo, bastard! The same fury flashed from the tiny man's eyes. Sorry, you're in my quarry, otherwise the big guy would have gotten you. I couldn't allow that. With a quick dash, the dagger sunk into Calmont's throat. <laughs> a revolting scream rang out against the forest beyond. <laughs> the squelching noise of meat being torn and hitting the soft ground followed. An elk stood up, seething in bloodlust. A rich red ichor dripped from his mouth and speckles of torn flesh hung from the corners of his lips. Shuddered breaths ran through the half-elf. As his head plunged down again, a grim chuckle echoed from the heavens above. The half-elf soon awoke in a bed. His eyes hurt, his head hurt, and his body felt like it went through the gauntlet of fights over the course of hours. <sighs> Trying to speak, his throat felt hard and dry. Hello, Elkwood. An elder sitting by noticed he was awake and handed him a drink that smelled sweet and nectary. Greedily, Elkwood took it up and gulped it down, <coughs> embracing the same berry cocktail that they had the first night there. At least a version that was more tea than party mixer. Take a moment and breathe. Sometimes the reactions are a bit intense. The elder gave Elkwood a moment to take stock of his surroundings. Taking note, Nekataya was there as well. Still exhausted, it felt easier to lay down. As he woke up the next morning, Elkwood is presented with something. A few of the elders, Nekataya herself, have something wrapped up. And the four of you are all standing there, covering from hangovers or whatever. Because we're sitting. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> trying, to, trying to pay attention. <laughs> yep. And you are given... I'm sure Hazel could make a uh, hangover cure pretty quick. Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> Some, this uh, is just more vodka. <laughs> hot sauce, raw eggs, what was it? The hangover gear. Uh, so the parent that you were talking to, Benson, mm -hmm. uh, he actually provides you with a necklace. Oh. Well, what is it? I'll just give you the deets on this. <laughs> this is called the Dragon's Eye Charm. Ooh. This charm is a dragon-shaped pendant worn like a necklace or set into armor or clothing as decoration. 
It is warm and smooth to the touch. It must be held in one hand to be used. Pressing the palm of one hand to the charm also works, provided that your hand is otherwise empty. Uh, it has four distinct powers. Hmm. Four, you say? Once per day, the Dragon's Eye Charm manifests fire for you to wield against your foe. You can cast a fifth level Produce Flame what? with a spell attack of roll, a spell attack roll plus 13. Uh. Another once per day. The Charm's pupil becomes plainly visible. You can look through the Charm to gain dark vision as long as you sustain the activation to a maximum of 10 minutes. That's pretty good. That's good. Another once per day. <laughs> The Dragon's Eye Charm surrounds you in a faintly glowing layer of golden energy. You gain fire resistance 5 for 10 minutes. fucking <laughs> sick. Another once per day item. Oh my once per day effect. You can speak and understand Draconic. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> as long as you sustain the activation to a maximum of 10 minutes. Wait, wait. Say that again? <laughs> <laughs> Just, hold on. It goes into his bag. Come in. Come in. We can't make fun of him behind his back anymore. <laughs> or at least into his face. <laughs> Gotta learn our language real fast. <laughs> they present to you, Elkwood, hmm. something called Eclipse. Oh. This plus one returning striking cold iron star knife. Oh, shit, that's a lot of words. <laughs> has an ornate central grip that depicts a silver dragon, the neck, wings, and tail of which wrap over and around the handle into knots to support the weapon's four cold iron blades. While the handle is polished to a mirror-like shine, the blades of Eclipse are flat black and entirely unreflective. They tell you, this is the portal to the Dream Gate in Alceta's Ring. Oh, shit. Oh. Woohoo. End of book two. Oh, my Dang. gosh. <sighs> oh. Insane. Dang. And we're all level 10. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, uh, Jake the GM here to remind you to follow us on all of our socials to stay up to date with DPS content and Pathfinder related news. If you want more DPS content, check our Twitch and YouTube channels as well as our Discord and subreddit for episode discussions and lots of memes. See you in the next episode.